this is really a fundamental video to understand self-management. Um, in our traditional organizations, really at the heart of the whole management model lies hierarchy, right? The pyramid. And at the heart of self-management lies self-correction, right? Lies the ability for a system to constantly self-correct and adapt to its environment. And, um, and this is real learning, real unprogramming and reprogramming as in so many things. And so let me take a bit of a step back to try to introduce this um, as clearly as, as I can. Our dominant management model, the way we're all, we've all grown up thinking about management, um, is that you know, a good organization is like a good machine, right? And that means sort of that we have as a base idea that you know, a good organization should function like a good machine, which means smoothly, right? You know, the machine should just function smoothly. And it's the role of leaders to ensure that that happens. So um, anything that makes it the machine doesn't run smoothly is viewed as a problem, right? And the role of leaders is to try and prevent any problem from happening, right? Is to think upfront about all the things that could happen and make sure that it doesn't happen, right? Um, so we talk, spend an enormous amount of time in traditional organizations thinking about all sorts of risk and what could happen and, you know, um, and that's why some of our meetings drag on forever and ever. Um, a second thing is that if a problem happens, you know, then the role of leaders is to really step in very decisively, right? Is come, come in there and fix the problem. And then the third thing is that leaders think, hmm, you know, how could this please never ever happen again, right? And so that's when we then add sort of bureaucracy onto the whole thing because then we think, hmm, maybe you should have like a formal approval, somebody should sign off on something, or maybe we need a new procedure or a new process that we impose on everybody. Um, and so that's, that's how we think about um, running organizations. Um, so let's prevent problems, and if there's a problem, let's fix it, and then let's add some, you know, bureaucracy so it never happens again. Now, if we look at organizations not as machines, but as living organisms, well, living organisms are an environment that is constantly changing, right? Um, the sun is changing, the temperature is changing, the other living environments, you know, the food is changing. <laughs> Everything is constantly changing. So our base idea is not that everything is smooth and should be smooth. And any deviation from that is a problem. Um, we think about things in much more neutral terms, which is the environment is constantly changing. And we as a living system constantly sense tensions because of that, right? Opportunities, you know, tensions, issues. And the goal is that as soon as we sense some tensions, the living system adapts, constantly adapts, more self-corrects, right? Um, so we don't spend that much time thinking about possible problems. We only do that for very important risks that could really kill us, right? And then, you know, we, we should be careful. But other than that, we don't spend our, our, all of our time thinking about everything that goes wrong. What we actually want is that we are very, very, very good at listening to, hey, what's changing in the environment? Oh, something is changing. And we immediately self-correct. 
So instead of having, say, a team that's working um, and then having a problem, and then it's some manager somewhere here that intervenes and um, you know, tries to, to fix that problem, what we want is the team itself to be able to sense, oh, something isn't working, and we immediately adapt, right? Um, right? So it's linked to this notion of constant sensing and, and responding. Um, and, but that doesn't happen automatically, right? Um, so I've, I've spoken in a previous video about how I, I feel that some ways people sometimes talk about self-management um, is a bit um, too quick or too naive where they say, hey, self-management is basically the basis of that is trust. And I absolutely believe that trust is the fundament. Um, but on top of that, we need structures and practices and systems um, that allow the, this living organism to constantly self-correct, you know, very quickly. Oh, something is changing. Oh, we're changing, we're changing. Um, and for that to happen, um, you know, for self-correction to happen, there's really three, you know, fundamental principles, three fundamental ingredients. Um, and the first one is psychological ownership, right? That means that people in the organization feel a psychological ownership of their organization, their work. They, another simpler way to say that is simply people care, right? Um, and really in all self-managing organizations, I know we can almost take that as a given, right? I mean, um, we human beings, we want to care, right? We spend all our time at work, we want to do good work. Um, it's only in extreme situations where people have come to hate their work, have come to hate their bosses, um, have come to distrust the whole thing, uh, that they lack psychological ownership. So most likely you can forget this, but I'm still saying this as a warning sign, is don't start implementing uh, self-management too quickly if there isn't that sort of level of care, that level of psychological ownership. The second key element is that everyone in the organization must directly experience the outcome of their work, of their actions, right? Again, a simpler way to say that is that everybody directly feels the pain and the pride uh, that comes from their work, right? Um, and since I've really understood that, um, it's been become incredible for me to notice how in most organizations, people are sort of insulated, disconnected from the outcome of their work, right? Um, they do some work, but they basically don't really have a good sense whether that work is meaningful or not, whether that work has any impact or not, whether they've done a good or a bad job, right? Um, in most organizations, say, if we're a team and some reason the atmosphere is really bad and we start to, uh, to slack off and, you know, the productivity goes down, in most teams, none of us senses the result of that. Right? It's somebody else, you know, far removed from us, somebody, say, in finance, who sees that the result is going down and then says it to some manager and some manager has to intervene. Right? Um, or maybe it's somebody in a complaints department that suddenly starts having complaints and, you know, has to come and say, hey, what do you guys, you know, what's, what's happening here? So we're 
basically disconnected from the pain that you know what we're doing is causing, right? And so we can't self we can't self correct, right? Um, and there really is pride in doing a great job, right? Um, I mean, it, it's, just, it's just wonderful to feel like, hey, something isn't working. Let's roll up our sleeves and then be proud of the work we've done. Um, and when we're insulated from that, like it you know, happens in, in most organizations, we're really deprived of a sense of, of accomplishment. Right? So this is an absolutely fundamental principle, is that we have to find systems for all of us in the organization to directly feel very quickly um, the results of our work, right? And to be proud when we do great work or to feel the pain like, you know, wow, what we're doing is causing pain somewhere. Um, and if we want to go a little deeper into this, um, generally for this to happen, for, you know, to have this direct feedback, um, there's really three, three elements here. Um, one is that we as a team um, have a sort of norm of what is healthy, right? Um, if I take again sort of the, the metaphor of, you know, the temperature of my body, um, you know, I know that its body has a temp body temperature between 36 and 37 degrees, right? That's, that's sort of healthy. Um, and so teams need to have that sense of, you know, what is healthy for us? Um, you know, what, what is good work? Um, a second thing is that we need sort of a regular, almost ongoing stream of feedback, of data, right? Um, so something in my body is monitoring, you know, what my temperature is at, right? And that data can be really hard data, can be, you know, indicators, or it can just be a sense. But, but we must be able to sense whether, you know, the work we're doing, you know, produces healthy outcomes or not. And generally, the third element is that we must have spaces for conversations to share, you know, what we what we sense, right? To to look at the data and then have a conversation and say, uh oh, you know, this isn't good enough. Let's correct. Or uh oh, here's an opportunity. You know, let's let's work on it, right? So three elements: norms of what's healthy, data, and then conversations. And then, you know psychological ownership, direct outcome. And then there's a third big principle, which is that people, everybody in the organization must have power to make changes if needed. So if I feel that, you know, I'm not satisfied with the work that we're doing, you know, I feel the pain of us not doing uh, good work, I must be able to immediately take actions, right? Um, I don't need, you know, I shouldn't have to have an approval from anybody. I shouldn't have to walk up to my manager, the manager of my manager, to say, hey, I feel this needs to change. I need to be able to go to action straight away using something like the advice process. Right? Um, so that's it, right? I, I cannot, you know, s stress too much the importance of this, right? So switching from this mental model where everything should be working smoothly as in a machine and it's a role of managers to sort of prevent mistakes or otherwise come in, fix them and then add a layer of bureaucracy. We want to go from that to a system where everything is constantly 
you know, sensing and self-correcting. And for that, we need psychological ownership. We need everybody to directly be exposed to feedback, to feel the pride and the pain um, that comes with their work. And we need everybody to be empowered to immediately act on that if needed. Perhaps you've noticed there is no paywall, no monthly membership to access this video series. That's because the videos live in the gift economy. This is how it works. I gift everything that goes into making the videos, my time, energy, and insights, and you get to choose what feels right to gift back. Please take a moment to reflect on what would feel good to give in return to help me continue doing this work. Thank you.